Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. Sometimes people don't use the mirror right, the mirror of God's Word. And what James is telling us is that we have to look at God's Word and we have to really change. Some of the reasons that we don't change is uh, people look at it in a superstitious way. They look at the Bible and they see it as a good luck charm. Well, here's a verse of scripture. This will get me through the week. Or they look at it as a means of comfort. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and As Pastor Ed continues his teaching series through the book of James, he'll be encouraging us to not simply be hearers of the Word, but also doers of the Word. The Bible was given not so much for our information, but for our transformation. The Word of God has been given to us to make a difference in our life. Unless the Word of God has made a change in our life, it hasn't truly entered our life. The most important thing you can do is to make your time in prayer and in the Word top priority. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. chapter of the book of James, James chapter 1. I'm going to read from verse 21, or rather 22, excuse me. James chapter 1, verse 22 in your Bibles. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself. And his religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. To look after the orphans and widows in their distress. And to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Robert Kupferschmidt, 81 years old. And his 52-year-old pilot friend, Wesley Sickle, were flying from Indianapolis to Munis, India, Indiana, rather, in June 1998. During the flight, the pilot slumped over the controls. He was dead. The Cessna 172 single-engine plane began to nosedive. Robert grabbed the controls, got on the radio as soon as he could, and there were two pilots in the air nearby, They began to guide him how to level out the plane, how to just navigate. And they told him that the nearest airport was uh, not too far Mount Comfort. And so they directed him there. When he came to the airport, he circled it 
three times before he could be comfortable landing the plane. It looked like a sure disaster. Those who were witnesses said that when the plane came down, it's the nose just sort of hugged the line on the throughway, and it bounced first, one, two, three times, and then the tail, and it veered off into a swampy grass area. Surprisingly, Robert wasn't hurt at all. But he listened so carefully and intently to those instructions that could mean his life or death. Picture yourself in the seat of that plane and you're Robert. How would you listen to the instructions coming over the radio? You've never flown a plane before and you know your life depends on it. You'd hang on every word. Well, we're on a journey from earth to eternity and your eternal soul depends on it your destiny depends on how you listen to God's word that's what James is talking about he's talking about being a hearer a doer of the word of God and so he brings us into this passage of scripture commanding us to listen intently with all of our hearts to God's word He says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. The demand for active obedience to God's word. He recognized that people mistake listening for doing. He says, do not merely listen to the word, so deceive yourselves. We can be self-deceived. We can think that the accumulation of knowledge is the same as living it out. Talking the walk is not the same as walking the talk. We're called to be doers of God's word, not merely hearers of God's word. And so James is instructing us, don't deceive yourself. Being a storehouse of Bible knowledge is not the same as really obeying God's word. They're not synonymous. James gives us a picture A negative portrait in these two verses of Scripture, or three verses of Scripture. A negative portrait of someone who merely hears and deceives himself rather than what they do. Verses 23 to 24. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror. After looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Now, mirrors in those days were made of bronze or tin or silver, some even of gold. The mirrors that we have today weren't invented until the 11th or 12th century in France, of course. But, <laughs> but when people look at, in the biblical times, looked at those mirrors, the text is telling us that it wasn't a quick look as some interpreters might interpret that text. It wasn't a quick glance. No, it was something more. It was a studied gaze and look. That man saw himself. Now, it's interesting in the biblical text, the word for man or what he says is like a man who looks at his face. That word man is not the common word for humankind or mankind, including both genders, male and female, but it specifically singles out men. I think there may be a reason for that. 
You know, any of you who uh, are married, men, you know what it is to wait 20 minutes for your wife when she looks in the mirror and sees something she has to change. I mean, women are good at that. They'll cover that blemish. Uh, They'll come out looking real good. Sometimes men can just look in the mirror and then walk away. Well, James is saying the difficulty with this man is that he looks in the mirror, sees what needs to be done, walks away, and it leaves his mind. He simply forgets it. That's sometimes how I feel it is in church. People hear a stirring message, or a Bible study, or a teaching, and an amen, and a praise the Lord, and a yes, preach it, brother. Then when people go out into the foyer and exit the side doors, it's like magic erasers are right there. Suddenly the message is gone. Can people tell Sunday afternoon that we were in church Sunday morning? Can they tell Monday that we heard a word from God on Sunday? James is saying, we have to be careful not to miss what God is saying because we can't mistake hearing for doing. They're two different things. It reminds me of the story I heard about the hillbilly. Hillbilly was out on the mountains and he wasn't really you know, familiar with modern things and they had a camp down there and he was looking at them and he, he watched as they set up camp and eventually they left and he decided to go down and just investigate among the ruins left behind. There he went down to the camp and he found a can. He had never seen a can before. He was fascinated by it. And then he went down and he picked up another object and he looked into it and stared at it. He became rather misty-eyed. It was a mirror. And he said, I never realized that Poppy had a picture taken of himself. And so he just gazed at that mirror and he took that back up to his cabin and he climbed up to the loft and he put it under the bed ever so carefully and oftentimes he'd pull it out and he'd look at that picture. And his wife became rather curious. She knew he had hid something under the bed. And so one day when he had went out She went up to the loft, she bent down, went under the bed, pulled out that mirror, looked at it and said, hmm, now I know the old hag he's running around with. (laughs) Well, (laughs) sometimes people don't use the mirror right, the mirror of God's word. And what James is telling us is that we have to look at God's word and we have to really change. Some of the reasons that we don't change is uh, people look at it in a superstitious way. They look at the Bible and they see it as a good luck charm. Well, here's a verse of scripture. This will get me through the week. Or they look at it as a means of comfort. They're just going to get a verse of scripture and comfort them. Oh, I like that 23rd Psalm. Or or somehow some emotional charge uh, or some information because they love to debate theology back and forth. Oh, The Bible is given for not so much our information, but our transformation. It's given to make a difference in our life. Someone has said, unless the word has made a change in our lives, it has not really entered our lives. James goes from the negative 
perspective, to the positive example. And he takes us in verse 25 to a positive portrait. A man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. Now, both of them are looking into this mirror, as it were. Both of them are seeing things, uh, but there's a difference. This man doesn't forget. When he leaves, it doesn't leave his mind. It doesn't disappear from his heart or spirit. That's what the text is telling us. In 1 John 2, 3, it reads, And how can we be sure that we belong to him? By obeying his commandments. If someone says, I belong to God, but doesn't obey his commandments, that person is a liar and does not live in the truth. But those who obey God's word really do love him. That is the way we know whether we live in him if we obey his word. If we obey his word. Hearing the word must be united to personally obeying the word. You cannot divorce hearing and doing. You cannot divorce taking the Bible and just knowing about it from living it out. Because if you do, you don't really have hearing God's word as God wants us to hear it. He wants us to act on it. He wants us to be doers of the word, not merely hearers of the word. Oh, some people love to hear sermons. I mean, they have it down. They can tell you their favorite Bible teacher. They can tell you, oh, this is why I like Joyce Meyer. And they can tell you the reasons why they like her. Oh, they love her illustrations or her ability to get right in your face. Oh, I love T.D. Jakes or whatever the story is. We're good at tasting, as it were, sipping sermons. God will have none of that. James will have none of that. He said, we must be doers of the word. We must live the word out. I chose this especially for all of our parents this morning and our children that would be here. I read a story in Campus Life about a husband and wife, Dave and Gail, and they had a family devotion every day, and they decided that they were going to memorize a passage of Scripture, their whole family. Their two little girls were going to memorize Kara and Dana. And so they memorized a verse a week. One was six years old and the other was ten years old, and one night, as mom and dad were in the um, family room, they heard the two girls fighting. Kara yells out, I hate you! I hate you! Her dad says, I'm going to take care of this. So he calls down the hallway to Kara and said, Kara, what's the Bible verse that you learned this week? And in her sweet, pious voice, she yells back down the hall, this is the Living Bible translation. John, 1 John 4.11. Dear friends, since God loves us as much as that, we surely ought to love each other too. And then as soon as she quotes the verse, she goes back arguing with her sister. And then he tried it on Dana. And Dana quoted the verse flawlessly. And then he went on fighting. He had to go back and break up the fight. Isn't that just like us? We can quote the verses. We know the chapter. We know the verse. We understand the passage. But inside, it hasn't taken root. See, the word of God is like a mirror. 
It shows us the image of our soul. It shows us the image of God in us, what God wants us to be. You look in that mirror and you say, my, my attitude has to change. God's word reaches out and grips your heart and says, hmm, you got to change that in your life. I want you to live differently here. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. God's word speaks to us. And what God is expecting is that we take the Bible into daily life. It affects the way we live, the way we talk, the way we act, the way we do everything in life. We're challenged to be doers of the word, obeying the word, not merely hearing it. Because if we do it like that, if we just hear it, we deceive ourselves. Self-deception. But notice the contrast. Those who are doers are blessed by God. I mean, he blesses them as they go forward in him. The Bible, Martin Luther said, is alive. It speaks to me. It has feet. It runs after me. It has hands. It lays hold of me. Do you feel that way about God's word? It pursues you. And the Bible translates in the King James and some other, the perfect law of liberty. The NIV says uh, the law that gives us freedom. It's opposite of what we would think sometimes. We think, oh, here's God's law. It's so confining. I can't do this. I can't do that. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. Prohibition here. No, 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 no. Understand That this is a perfect law of liberty. It sets you free to be who God intended you to be from the beginning of time. Just for one instance, let's say we decided to take the laws out of some areas of government. How about traffic laws? Imagine on 84, if there were no laws, anything goes. Well, you could drive as fast as you want, 100 miles, or you can go as slow as you want, 20 miles. Uh, And uh, you wouldn't have to signal as you change lane. And and if you happen to say one day, you know, I decided I I don't want to go this direction on the eastbound lane. I'm going to go westbound on the eastbound. It'd be chaos, I read about Chinese baseball and why it hasn't taken off in China. And I don't know if they changed the rules, but back in the 1980s, Chinese baseball just couldn't take off because they really didn't have any rules. You could take home plate and move it. If the first place, uh, if the batter is up and he hits a run, he hits, has a hit, and he's running to first base, if he was a slow runner, they would just move first base. I mean... (laughs) So so imagine you were playing baseball and you said, I'm not going to run the first, I'm going to run the third first. Imagine if you took um, the net out of the tennis court and you took the lines out of the boundaries. You wouldn't have games. It wouldn't work. Life doesn't work without rules. And God says, my word liberates you to be all that I intend you to be. It's a liberating law that frees us to be the people that God intends us and calls us to be. Now, he goes on to give three solid examples 
of people doing the word. What does it look like if you're really living out your religion? If you're really living out the word? If you're really practicing the truth? Well, he shows us a nature of acceptable obedience to scriptures. Do not merely listen to the word, so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. First thing, notice, control your tongue. Hmm. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he just deceives himself and your religion is worthless. It's like saying, it doesn't mean a thing. If you stand and worship and you give in the offering and you bow your knee to pray and you read the Bible If it doesn't affect you on the inside, it's worthless. Those huge horses, 1,500 pounds of muscle and bone and flesh controlled by a a two-pound bit that steers them wherever they have to go. He said, have tight control over your tongue. Because your tongue is a reflection of your relationship to God, what's going on inside. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, that great evangelical preacher, was preaching one time in a meeting. And a lady fixed her gaze on his new tie. And she somehow didn't like it. At the end of the service, she marched right up to him and said in a sharp tone, your bow tie offends me. (laughs) Mr. Wesley said, I'm sorry. Does anybody have a pair of shears, scissors? And so someone did. He he says, well, please, cut it off to your leg. She cut it right off by the collar. She cut off those strings that were going down. And he said, are you sure? Is that okay? I don't want to offend you. And she said, I'm sure. I'm satisfied with that. I said, can I have the shears back for a moment? (laughs) He says, dear woman, your sharp tongue offends me. Would you please stick it out? Someone said to John Wesley, Mr. Wesley, my talent is speaking it like it is, telling him what I think. He said, dear sister, I don't think the Lord would mind if you bury that talent. (laughs) We need to think about what we say, how we say it. How have your words this past week impacted people? Have they pulled people down or have they built them up? Have they lifted the hearts of others or have their hearts sunk? The true test of a man's religion is not his ability to speak, but rather his ability to bridle his tongue. Now, quickly, the care for the needy is another test. He, these are not all the tests, are, but care for the needy. It says in verse 27, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress, to keep oneself from being unpolluted, polluted by the world. What he is saying here is this. If we look in the mirror of God's word 
and we go away and we forget about it, we are making God's word useless and void. We are making it as though it doesn't count for anything. Real religion, religion that's before God, is going to impact you in your relationship to the poor, to the needy. Programs like Building in Faith are wonderful, and we do know that God uses them in the lives of countless believers. We also know that just hearing God's Word is not enough. We must put into practice those things that we are learning. Pastor Ed is taking us through the book of James. We'll learn that we must be doers of the Word and not hearers only. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Building in Faith. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. Again, to follow Building in Faith and access the archive of messages, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. When you visit the site, you'll only need to remember today's date. Simply click on today's date. You can listen, download, and even share this message with your friends and family via Facebook and Twitter. If you have any questions, call us. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. In the next edition of Building in Faith, Pastor Ed will continue sharing messages from the book of James. So be sure to join us. Until then, may God richly bless you. Your word restores.